Hi, this is Jenna Urban from The Urban Life, and you're listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave Eat Blog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in your business. I'm your host, Megan Porta. And today I get the opportunity to chat with Jenna Urban for the second time on Eat Blog Talk. I'm so excited. And we're going to talk about what to focus on in Q2. And we're also going to do a little bit of a Q1 recap. Jenna is the content creator of The Urban Life, a food and lifestyle blog where she shares allergy-friendly recipes and travel guides. Jenna started blogging about five years ago and was immediately drawn to the community aspect. Over the years, she realized there was a need for more transparency in the creator space, so Jenna want, went on to create Blogger Bites to provide bloggers and influencers with resources and tools they can use to thrive. Jenna, how's it going? I'm so happy to have you back. I'm so happy to be here. It's going great. And I'm so happy that we got to see each other at Tastemaker last oh, week. Your smiling face just lifted up the whole <laughs> conference for me. I'm so grateful that I got to see you as well. Oh my gosh, yes. And we want to hear a second fun fact. Do you have something to share? I do. So my second fun fact is that I have a Greyhound Great Dane mix and his name is Brutus. And I feel like we have the same personality, always running and jumping around, but we're also extremely content just being a couch potato curled up with cozy blankets. <laughs> oh, I love that. And somehow I think the name Brutus just kind of describes that the type of dog he is. <laughs> yes, Sir Brutus, Mr. Brutus. Oh, yes. that's adorable. I love it. I love how pets just kind of meld together with personalities inside the house. That is definitely our dog too. He's just like super chill. He's so just, I don't know. He's so cool. He's just such a cool dog. And I, I feel that. like I have such a cool family. So he fits in well. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. All right. Let's do a quick Q1 recap because we had a chat at the very end of 2021, right? I'm looking up right now just to make sure I get this episode number right. But I think it was the last episode of the year. It almost. It was the second to last episode of the year. So it was episode 266. And that was just paying attention to Q1 trends. And Jenna talked through a handful of things such as uh, web stories. And you talked about your amazing Facebook reels that you're diving into. And then we talked a little bit about Instagram. I almost said Pinstagram. Does anyone ever mix that up? <laughs> Instagram. Yes. Instagram, and I think we, we touched on Pinterest a second, like for one yeah. second. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But we were talking about Instagram stories as well. Just um, all a collection all of, of things. Platforms. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So why don't we touch on some of those and kind of do an update? Uh, so what are some updates for web stories. Is there anything you've noticed recently? What's working? What's not? Page layout trends? Anything you've got there? 
Yeah, absolutely. And actually one was something that I just heard at the conference last week, which is we should be striving or aiming for 10 to 12 pages for our web stories. So I feel like I've kind of been doing the eight to 10 page range. That's where I kind of have been. That's kind of like my sweet spot. But we, I heard um, 10 to 12 pages. And that makes sense because then you're really telling a full story and just getting all of the all the good stuff in there. And it's really not a teaser. So that was something I heard that kind of gave me like a, okay, good, I'm on the right track. Maybe I can add a little bit extra like reader feedback or why you're going to love this recipe or um, ingredient swaps, easy ingredient swaps or something like that. So that was good to hear. The other thing was testing out, and this is something that I've actually been doing, testing out maybe not including a link back to a blog post on every single page, but maybe testing out doing it on the second or third page. And then one of the last pages, instead of doing it on every single page all the way through. And so I've been doing it. I've been testing it. I don't even want to call it testing because I haven't really gone back to evaluate. But what I've been trying out, I guess I'll say, is... I will do it on the ingredients page and kind of say, like, uh, tap here for full directions or to read the full blog post, something like that. And then I won't do it during the different steps, but I will at the end to kind of like go to full blog post here or printable recipe. So I've been trying that out and I'll have to let you know (laughs) if I notice anything um, when I do that versus if I do include a call to action on every page. So that's something interesting. And then the other thing I heard a lot of, and I've been hearing a lot of this, well, actually two things, but I know a lot of us in November, December, myself included, we noticed kind of a nosedive in terms of our traffic, web story traffic, um, and then seeing that click through because it was taking longer for our stories to get indexed. And so I actually, admittedly, I was kind of getting discouraged in February, even when I was like, man, my stories were doing fabulous, <laughs> like all Q4. And then something happened towards the end of that. And so I don't know if there has been like a, a statement by anybody, but the very quick fix that worked for me was that I just updated my plugin. And then immediately after doing that, like my stories are getting indexed almost immediately. Like, I mean, I would publish something, not even a trending story in the morning and it's already getting circulated <gasps> on discover in the oh, afternoon. That's amazing. Right? <laughs> so it's kind of like October. Like that, I mean, that's like what I relate it to. It was like October. That was like how it was kind of, I guess, feeling and circulating and stuff. So I don't know if you've had, if you've experienced similar. So, I mean, it's been all across the board with people, right? Because you hear people that are like, I posted a web story and it still isn't indexed a month later and it's not, you know, like, and then there's people who like you just put it up and it's it's circulating already in a few hours. So there's like everyone in between there. And I feel really bad for the people who aren't getting their stuff getting any traction on their stuff. But for me, I just haven't had any issues. And I like knock on wood, we've been putting them up and they've been getting indexed and they circulate with 
in that same day or the following day. So I am so grateful. But oh, yay. That's encouraging. Yeah. To hear. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So now I'm just like, well, all right, let's keep the plugin up to date. Yes. (laughs) Because for a while there were issues with the plugin. I think it was not doing a good job with communicating with Yoast, was it? Or another? Okay. And so we weren't collectively, we were like, okay, let's not update. So I think we all held off for a really long time. But now it seems like everything's playing well together. So we can maybe start updating regularly. Yes, yes. At the time of recording. Yes, at the time (laughs) of recording. (laughs) That might change tomorrow. So to be continued. (laughs) Yes, yes. And then I think the other common question that I've been hearing and kind of it's been chatter is, do you need to do video? And I think, I mean, if you have definitely like repurpose video, it's always always good. But I know that sometimes there's a concern about like your media library and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like I was doing quite a bit of video. And then I kind of switched to doing a mix of video just with image. And now I've just been doing images and adding animation to it because that kind of gives a nice animation (laughs) to it. (laughs) Some nice movement to kind of, um, you know, keep the user's interest going. So I just kind of wanted to say, like, if you feel like you need to do video to be successful with web stories, you don't, you can absolutely just use images that you have or images from the third party um, that they pull from and all of that. And then just add some animation to it to make it a little bit interesting. And I've been seeing success with that. I haven't added new video to web stories in a few months. Oh, at least <laughs> that's kind of relieving i um just because i'm lazy i was doing the animated gifs or gifs right. you say that yes. right from the beginning because i'm like yeah i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna import my video they did fine they did great is there anything else you pulled away from the conference or that you've noticed in the last quarter i would love to get your thoughts really quick on roundups and anything else you have Oh, uh, yeah, for web story, as it pertains to web stories. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I actually haven't been doing many roundups um, for web stories lately. So I don't have too much to touch on that. I will say I remember back for like my New Year's Eve cocktails and appetizers. I noticed that that story did really well. Um, I think roundups are always just a, I don't know, for me, they, they seem to do well and they're easy enough to pull together. So they're fun to experiment with and see what happens, but I actually haven't done them in quite a while. Um, And then let me, I think the only other big thing that I was kind of toying with, I think last time we talked, but now I, I definitely end every single web story with a brief bio and a photo of myself. And I've also been, I'll, I'll try to either do a link to my email subscriber page or my Instagram, which I'm still trying to grow for some crazy reason. <laughs> but but um, I actually did notice the email subscriber page. Um, that one seems to get the click throughs, not so much Instagram. Um, but yeah, so that's something I've been trying to do. And I'm trying to even think like what my call to action might be off the top of my head. It might just be like, I'm Jenna Urban and I love sharing simple and delicious dairy-free recipes. If you want your free beginner's guide, like subscribe or, you know, something like that. 
So that seems to be doing well. I love that idea. And I just want to direct people to your site so they can look at your stories since we're talking about them. So if you go to, um, is it Urban Life or The Urban Life? The your Urban URL. Life. Okay, so yes. The Urban Life and Urban is with an E. So U-R-B-E-N dot com. And then that's forward slash web dash stories if you want to kind of look at what Jenna is talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I've been doing, I switch it up from time to time when I remember to do like Instagram versus subscriber page. Um, but yeah, I think that's something just nice to do too. Cause then you're putting your face there. So then users who don't know who you are are kind of like, Oh, that's who that is. <laughs> that's whose content I'm looking at. I agree. I think it gives it a little personal touch and it gives you an opportunity to promote any freebies or um, solutions that you're, you know, trying to give to your audience. That's going to totally. help them. So yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for the web stories update. Now I'm super curious to hear about Facebook Reels. You're the queen of Facebook Reels. So give us an update on that. Oh my gosh, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) So actually really exciting stuff. I mean, I think it's exciting. Um, But there's a lot of new updates and new features. And so it just, it kind of makes it uh, maybe a little less intimidating because they're making it more similar to platforms that we're used to creating content for. So for example, there's the green screen feature now, there's a timer, and just stuff like that, just little tools and features that weren't available before, but they are now. So I think that's exciting. Um, They're continuing to roll out stuff. And it's, I mean, seems like it's here to stay. So they're trying to make it great. Um, And then something that I've seen, I think across really all of these different short format vertical video platforms is a big push and encouragement to use the auto captioning to cater for a larger audience. And so definitely like if you're doing voiceovers, it's, and you maybe you didn't previously have captions. It's so simple now, including on Facebook reels to just click that auto caption and let it do the work for you. And you can even like, they have different, I don't even know, like uh, texts, I guess. Um, So if you want to like kind of, you always want to use a certain font or something, you you can kind of do it like that. So I think that is a really great feature too, but that kind of goes for any voiceover on any platform. The final Facebook Reel update that I think is super exciting recently they announced that in-stream ads will be rolling out for Facebook Reels. And so if you have the in-stream ads on your normal Facebook videos, you'll be eligible for Reels as well. And so I am not eligible right now, um, (laughs) but I'm excited for the people who are. And to see if you're eligible, it's in Creator Studio. And I believe you need 10,000 followers. I think it was like 600,000 viewed minutes, minutes viewed in the last 60 days. And then you have to have, I think like a minimum of five videos on your page. So I'll be chipping away at those minutes viewed. <laughs> That's a lot of minutes. I know. I don't know if I'm actually going to be doing is that. Any, is that even humanly possible? I don't know. I mean, Would don't that... you have to be watching like all hours of, I mean, I can't even do the math, but that's a lot. I know. It's a lot. And so for me, I don't have a ton of long format horizontal videos. And that's the only way I can see you getting to that is if you have 
like three minute plus videos on like that you're posting to your Facebook page to make yourself eligible. So, I mean, I've been doing some thinking of does this work for me? Is this something I want to do? And we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm curious to get an update next time we talk because I want to know if that's actually attainable or if it's just like this thing they're putting in the sky, like no one's ever going to get this. Right. Well, and I know some people have like, I mean, I guess if you if you started years ago and from the get go, you were uploading those videos and then you were able because I think that they keep increasing that minutes viewed. I think it used to be a lot lower and they just keep increasing and increasing. So I know one of your listeners has it. So we need to know who has it. Well, I don't know for sure. But oh, like, I was you know. like, you know who no. has this? <laughs> I, oh, You're sure out there. Do. Someone out there has this. I know. So whoever is listening and has this, DM us. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure, Megan. Like, there has to be someone, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not me. <laughs> but it's, Yeah, definitely not me. But I would love to know who you are. Please reach out. I would love to pick your brain. I don't know who you are, but I know know you're listening. (laughs) Right. I love that. Um, So, I mean, obviously, they're not going anywhere. Like you said, they keep adding these new features. So that is kind of a signal that they are here to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Have you experimented? No, I haven't. I am sad to say, but uh, you will be joining us in the eBlog Talk Mastermind soon to talk us through this, like creating a reel. And I'm saving my energy for that that's good (laughs) yeah so soon i will be able to say yes i have one (laughs) (laughs) yes all right well let's move on to pinterest what do you know about pinterest what's going on yeah so i think the last time we talked it was just a very short like they announced creator hub and we're just kind of waiting to see what this hub is going to be beyond analytics because that's kind of what mine still is right now is just it's just where my analytics kind of live but they are rolling out with creator rewards and so if you're eligible for these rewards which it to me that sounds like the um like the instagram creator fund or like bonus program it, it seems similar to that and so if you're eligible you'll see earn like a button that says earn in your creator hub and you'll be able to get, I guess, like different prompts for your idea pins or maybe regular pins. I think there's a huge focus on idea pins for them. Um, and so they're going to put out like, this is what we want to see editorially. And then you, if you are eligible, you can put out that idea pin, for example, and it's, it'll be based on clicks or reactions or some some engagement goal that then you can earn money from. So I'm not currently eligible, but I would love to be Pinterest. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know. We So we talked to someone at the conference. So this was outside of a session. And someone in the house I was staying in talked to someone at a random dinner and this someone was like it showed showed her this feature and they had the earn button and so you have to be on your phone on pinterest and you get like the big red creator hub button you tap into there and then at the top you see tools 
inspiration, creation, analytics. So next to analytics, you hopefully have a button that says earn. Is yeah. it right? earn? Yeah, that's what, okay. yeah, that's from the mock-ups yeah. I've seen. <laughs> right. And so if you do, definitely tap on that because this person, I, I wish I could give her, I don't know who this was, but some blogger out there was giving this information and had earned like a lot of money. I, like this yeah. is, re- it was really lucrative. Right. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I would love it. Let's, <laughs> let's put that out there for us. <laughs> so every day I've been looking in there and it hasn't popped up for me yet, but hopefully maybe, soon. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You it's never exciting know. that now it seems to be, I think it kind of started rolling out in January, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so fingers crossed for us <laughs> and everybody. And, I've said this all along and at times doubted my own words because Pinterest has been very frustrating, as you all know. Um, But don't give up on Pinterest. There's so much opportunity. Pinterest is so visual. Food is so visual. There's got to be a way for us to work together. And I've just hoped that they see the value in food content creators. And I'm still hopeful. So I've always said to everyone who's asked me about Pinterest, like, do not give up. Keep chugging along, even if it's treacherous and it seems like we're not going anywhere I that's my vote just keep going I'm so glad you said that Megan because I feel the same way and I feel like not many people do and they kind of they're given up and I mean I will say I I don't put near as as much emphasis as I used to I'm just manually pinning new content for the most part or sometimes seasonal stuff it depends but I'm not stressing over it and I'm not stressing over group boards or any of that but Pinterest played a huge role in me getting over that 50,000 session mark. And like, it was truly, it was from a pin that, well, so I should say, <laughs> keyword research, guys. <laughs> wow, it's incredible what happens when you actually, uh, you know, do keyword research for your blog posts. But I will say keyword research and web stories, a huge, huge help. Um, but I had a pin from at that point, it had been just chilling on Pinterest for a year. It was a blood, it's a bloody Mary pin. The images are not, you know, anything crazy. The pin itself is extremely basic. The images are pretty similar. Like it's nothing crazy, but it took off and it's still doing its thing. Fingers crossed. And I mean, I hadn't, thought of that pin or touched that pin for a year, around a year. And I think it was just because I I really did, I do try to do um, like keyword optimization for titles and descriptions and that stuff works. And so if you just keep pinning and just keeping the faith, I think like it really, I mean, Pinterest is like long game and it's searchable stuff and it's, I feel like it used to be a mix of long game, but also you could pin and immediately see it start doing something. But now for me, at least it is, I'm doing this for the next year plus it's, I might not see it in three weeks or three months, but I I probably you're planting seeds for later. Yes, yes, exactly. So I'm glad that your team (laughs) interests sometimes too. (laughs) I mean, Pinterest has gotten me so much traffic over the years. And I know it's like a totally different platform now. I get it. But I just feel like 
that love I had for it back then and all of mm-hmm. the good things it brought me, I still feel that feeling for Pinterest, which is weird. Like I've always felt the opposite with Facebook mm-hmm. and like really good things with Pinterest. So I'm, I'm keeping that faith as well. You never know. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know. And like your <laughs> pin that took off, you never know what's going to take off. No. And it was a bloody Mary pin. Like I don't have a lot of cocktail recipes. Like I do a lot of dairy free recipes. So I was like, okay, I mean, That's sure. Crazy. Yeah. Hey, I'll <laughs> like take it, right? Holidays, so it was like, all right, we are drinking Bloody Mary's tonight, guys. <laughs> yes, let's do that it. That is extremely random, but yes, <laughs> whatever, run with it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Thank you for all of that. I love hearing about stuff we talked about last quarter and kind of how it's evolving into the year. Um, and maybe we can track that as the year goes on, if you're up for it, Jenna. Oh my gosh, of course. But let's talk about some new new tools and new things that you want to just have on people's radar. So what are your thoughts about oh, TikTok? <laughs> so... <laughs> It's natural. It was a natural step for me to repurpose all this short format vertical video um, on TikTok. So I am I I am using TikTok, but I'm not. I don't have a strategy at all. I'm really trying to get better because now that the Whisk integration is available to everybody, I was like, okay, this is um, this is a major what's the word I'm looking for? It's just, it's a major opportunity to drive additional traffic. And even if it's a smaller percentage than let's say Pinterest or Facebook, it is still driving traffic. I have found, um, and with zero strategy behind it. So for me, I'm, I'm going to try to get more on board with TikTok (laughs) and using the whisk jump, I think is what we're calling it. Um, using that more consistently with maybe some sort of strategy or schedule in place. Um, because I'm already seeing traffic with none. And so I just, I'm optimistic what would happen if I actually start utilizing it to its full potential. But I think I, kind of, I'm so, I'm so like hesitant to say like, yes, I'm on TikTok because really like there's zero strategy, but I've been, I feel like using the app along with the whisk jump for like two to three months. And it's driven about, I looked it up because I wanted to know it's driven about 2000 users to the different blog posts that I have used. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's not up there with Pinterest or Facebook or any of the other various ways. Um, but I mean, it's still, it's driving some traffic and I feel like it's, I don't know if you are on TikTok and you see, I don't know, let's just, let's stick with the bloody Mary (laughs) example and you click see full recipe and then you're going to go to that. So I don't know. I just feel like there's more of a, maybe they'll follow through and I don't know. I'm just, that's just a stream of Jenna's thought process right now. I don't know if it even makes sense or not, but I'm testing it out and I'm, I'm happy with it. And yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. No, that's (laughs) great to hear. So you haven't exactly put a solid strategy together, but you're kind of in your experimenting stage where you're just seeing what's happening and processing the 
platform as a whole and seeing what works. Food bloggers, let's take a really quick break. I'd love to tell you about just a few things going on at Eat Blog Talk that might benefit you and your business. First of all, if you would take the time to go to your favorite podcast player to subscribe or follow, rate and review Eat Blog Talk, I would be so grateful and it adds so much value to this podcast. Also, go to the free discussion forum at forum.eatblogtalk.com to get in on the conversations going on over there with other food bloggers, like-minded peers. You can ask questions, answer questions, and just contribute to great discussions. And lastly, if you would like to get in on the next mastermind group that will be put together in spring of 2022, be sure to get on the waitlist now. Go to eatblogtalk.com and follow the buttons for mastermind and we'll be in touch as spring draws closer. Now back to the episode. Right. And I will say it's just if you have a ton of vertical videos or even, I guess, horizontal that you could crop to make vertical, it is a great way to repurpose content, do a different voiceover, do a new trending sound that maybe the first time you posted it on Instagram, you used one song. And then on TikTok, you can try a new one that's trending that day or voiceover, whatever. You can put a new spin on it type thing. And it's just a great way to continue repurposing that content And I feel like I should, I don't want to dive in too hard to YouTube shorts, but YouTube shorts is another good one too. Um, If you do have that vertical content and you're trying to kind of stretch it, I mean, that's, yeah. (laughs) And it's great for linking back. I think that's the big thing is that it's not just you're slapping it on Instagram and kind of waiting to see what the algorithm thinks and who will see it. It's more on, well, on YouTube, it's definitely more searchable. And I just feel like for TikTok people, I find the users, at least the way I use TikTok too, is when you find somebody's videos that you like, you go to their page and you just start that deep scroll (laughs) and you just get on there. And when they have the seafood recipes or whatever the call to action is that the whisk jump is. I just, I feel like you're more invested at that point. And so there might be more click throughs. I don't know. That's what I'm hypothesizing. And that's why I'm kind of, I've been kind of casual with it, testing it. We'll see, not testing it, just trying it out. And since I see a very, I mean, I see, I see some movement there with zero strategy. That's why I'm kind of like, all right, let's like actually test it out and see what the click throughs can be. So I am excited to follow along with that because I think that's a super exciting new opportunity. That's so cool. And I haven't like stated this out loud really to anyone, but I have this like thing against TikTok. So I just removed it from my phone because I feel like the algorithm is so okay. It's good that it's not honed in because you can kind of like go crazy right? You know, by, by whim, just by chance. Um, but also when I'm on there, there is such so much inappropriate content that I like, I don't need to see all of this. It's right. such garbage. And I yes. get that there are like food content creators that are creating really valuable, awesome stuff. And I wish that it was more like Instagram where I could just fill my feed with that stuff. But right. I can't seem to figure out how to do that. So I made the decision to get rid of it because it's like, 
what if my boys have my phone and I just feel like morally I don't want to contribute to that do you know what I mean I mean it's like I totally get that I've been so back and forth with it and I'm like well there's opportunity but every time I go on there I'm like this is garbage like most of what I'm seeing is garbage so I made this moral decision just to get rid of it but I know that's so not popular and everyone's gonna probably blast me for that but no I mean you have to I mean I think that's the whole thing that we said maybe the last podcast was we're presenting all these things and I'm kind of testing and trying out all these things but like not everyone has to do them and some things like I'm I might not follow through with all the different things that I'm testing or trying because I deem it like oh wait actually that thing isn't worth my time or I don't want to do that. Like I'm not for whatever reason. Um, I completely hear what you're saying. Like it's super hard to kind of curate that for you page. And I would say like, for me, when I go on, I'm not seeing very many food creators. I'm getting like, (laughs) I couldn't even tell you what I'm getting. I'm getting like everything, everything. And sometimes it's not even things that I, would be interested in or have searched for or anything. So no, I hear you with that. And sometimes you just have to say like, no, I don't, I don't want this in my life. I don't need this. And you don't need like a, a justification for it. I appreciate that. I appreciate (laughs) that you have some gray area and that you're willing to say that. Um, And I think that if you are, into TikTok and that if you take off in that way, I think it's so awesome. I'm so kind of envious of the people who have just crushed it on that platform because that's not going to be me, but I'm okay with that not being me. Like I'm yes. I'm saying goodbye. Not that we we had like a three video um <laughs> dance. <laughs> we just, yes. we did not know each other well. Um <laughs> but I'm saying goodbye and I feel so good about that because not only do I just feel icky every time I go on there? But I also don't want something else to do. But I want right. to see people like you and others crush it. So please share that with me when you do, because I think it's amazing, especially with this I new will. integration. And I think there's so much opportunity there. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the potential. I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, I'm not optimistic. I'm just, I'm excited to see the potential, what it could be when there's an actual strategy. Um, but yeah, I'll keep you updated because um, there's Absolutely. not strategy right now. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just kind of like, let's see what's going to work. Let's right. throw things at the wall. Yep. So we'll, to be continued on that, I want to hear more as you get into it and you form your strategy. That's going to be super exciting. Um, there are a few other things that I want to talk to you about. So let's see. Question Hub came up at the conference. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. And would you mind explaining a little bit about what that is? Yeah, totally. So this is very new to me. And I think it's very new to everyone as it's still in beta. But to me, it sounded like Google's question hub were so basically the unanswered search queries that like if someone searches something on Google, and they can't find that answer. Google is compiling that and they're putting it in what they're calling question hub. And so I just started using it like literally yesterday. And so you can search literally any keyword, basically, and kind of scroll through the different keywords and queries and see like, okay, I'm trying to think of an example. I think maybe one was having to do something with the best way to replace eggs in baking. 
And so all you can do right now is submit a link. And I have a blog post over flax eggs and how to use flax eggs when you're making cookies or baking or whatever. So I submitted that link for that unanswered question, basically. Yes. And so basically, like, think of any, any content gap, basically. Um, you can search through and um, then when you submit your links, you can track impressions and clicks. And I'm not, I haven't gotten to that point yet because I just did it yesterday. I'm curious how long it will take to kind of start seeing that. I believe in that talk, I saw Susie um, raise her hand that she's been using it. Um, so she might be somebody who we need to track down. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So you find that at questionhub.google.com. Yep. And um, it is still in beta. And so I, I don't know if moving forward, you'll have to do this, but I had to connect my account in my search console as well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it's to me, it felt similar to answer the public. And which I kind of use for like content ideas and to identify content gaps or anything like that. But this is different because it's Google (laughs) and they're literally telling you like, these are unanswered questions. And so I I think it's interesting. I had to put, I had to set a timer because it's easy to lose yourself. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yeah. No, this is very exciting. I think there's so much opportunity, especially Thank if you get you. in early, like go do it now so you can yes. fill all those gaps before totally, other people totally. do. And it's kind of thinking outside the box too, I found. Um, so like most of my recipes are dairy-free, but I also tried non-dairy or vegan recipes because some of mine are accidentally vegan. Um, but just thinking through how a user would literally like type into Google Um, and it's funny to see some of them because it's almost as if like they're asking Google, like a full fledged, very personal question. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to like keep my eye on that one. Seems interesting. Yes, I, me too. That is something I should make some space for this week just to check it out. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you did that already. Yeah. Like, like set a 15 minute, you don't need to do 30, (laughs) do 15 minute timer just to kind of like feel it out and see do different like keywords or like think on like, I know that you have a ton of blog posts, so it could be forever long, but Oh my gosh. Yeah. I could really get lost. Yeah. And then just kind of see, like, I think some were like how to make like, I don't know, like a vegan macaroni and cheese without cashews. And so if you have a recipe that uses, let's say like potatoes or cauliflower or white beans or something like that, you could link that. It's interesting. And you can only link a blog post. You can't answer it. Like uh, it would. So that makes it easy, right? Oh so you don't have to take the time yes. to write anything up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the next step looks like. So like I've submitted my links, but now to track the impressions and clicks and what it actually looks like from the other side, that will be interesting to see. We have so much to follow up on, Jenna. So I'm excited for next quarter already. Every time I talk to you, I get excited to see what, like how things are going to evolve yes. with all the stuff we talk about. So 
Love that you brought that up. And speaking of things to come, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about the future of audio. So why don't you do that? Yes, Megan, your session was incredible. It was Aww. it was incredible. And so if you guys were at Tastemaker and mix, missed it, definitely whenever the replays come out, you guys have to listen to it. Something that like gave me chills was one of the speakers, I believe it was Susie from Hey Girl Hey, recalled at the conference, a conference, um, we're called at this conference, but a different conference several years ago. And it was something along the lines of like, we're on the ground floor right now. And she was recalling a previous conference where they were just starting to talk about video. Maybe she said that there was only one session on video, which we know right now video is the thing, like the focus is getting pushed down our throats. And so she was saying that we're on the ground floor right now. Like we're talking about these things right now. And so when we look back five years, like what is going to be that next thing? And I got chills thinking about Megan's talk, like the future of audio. Where is podcasting going to be for food bloggers in five years? Like that gave me chills thinking about because that is something that just I feel like very few creators talk about podcasting. And after listening to your talk, I'm not going to give anything away because it was truly it was so it was so eye-opening like it's just it's something to think about (laughs) and like the different things you said I guess the one thing I will say was how you were saying how speaking and putting your voice out there is so intimate and I've been trying to do more voiceovers with my reels and it really is like it really is (laughs) so I think that there's an opportunity there. And I'm definitely in five years, I'm excited to look back and see where podcasting is at for food bloggers and even Clubhouse. Like, how are people utilizing Clubhouse? Or is there going to be a new platform similar to that? So, right. I got what else is going to emerge, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, 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 operate my business with like massive amounts of intuition. I know I talk about that a lot and I just feel like I get goosebumps just thinking about the future of audio in this space because this is untapped in our space. I went through in my presentation like literally six food bloggers Mm -hmm. that I could find that are using podcasting. Six of how many like (laughs) hundreds of thousands of food bloggers out there there are six people doing this. So I'm like, if nothing else, look at that number. There's nobody doing this. Audio is so intimate. People willingly put put you in their ears and listen to every single word you say for up to one hour, which is like, you would never get that on a blog post no. or a YouTube video. Never, no. not even close. You like, I went in kind of just like, I'm gonna, you know, listen and learn about this, but never thinking like, uh, I don't know. Like I, I didn't necessarily walk in like, yes, I want to start a podcast. And then I left and I was like, <laughs> I might want to start a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I had a few people say that, which made me feel so amazing. I like, I know a few people went there just to support me because they're my friends. And then they were like, uh, Megan, I had no intention of ever even thinking about starting a podcast, but now I'm 
like they're actually planning it. I so mean, I love that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not like planning it, planning it right now, but like you planted the seed for the wheels are turning. Yes. 100%. Like you, you made some strong arguments for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad. And I just want to say one last thing on that. I feel like the food bloggers who get on this wave are going to be at the, they're going to rise above the rest and be seen and just be more visible than the others because again six people are doing this there is very little competition and jenna i have an idea for you because you're such a trend you're like a trend spotter um you should start a podcast on food blogging trends and or not even just food blogging but like content creator trends yeah and talk about this regularly i would be your first most avid listener i think there is a need for that. Will so you be my right first when I, buddy? Like my first? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think you would absolutely crush it with that topic. So that was just my thought. I thought of you immediately. I was like, Jenna what? needs to start a podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's hard work and I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> Honestly, you did. You did. You really broke down the barriers like to, of entry to where it really is like, if I decided today, like, you know what, Megan, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Like you really did create like a clear path of like, okay, you need X, Y, Z. And there you go. Now it's out there. So it's not as complicated as you think. It's, it's easier than you might think. So we're going to have to talk about that because I mean, you, you, you really, I mean, I really was like, no, I'm probably not going to start a podcast. Like, what would I talk about? And then I left and I was like, well, (laughs) we got a few ideas. Yeah. I know. Well, we will talk about that for sure, because I think that you could find massive success with that. And I might record an entirely separate podcast episode about this just to relay some of those thoughts that I shared at Tastemaker for people who weren't there. I so, think you should. Should we continue on that? Yes, yeah. I think you should. It was it was really, really fabulous. Oh, well, thank you, Jenna. I so appreciate that. Jenna, why don't you walk us through how you're using Airtable? Because I know that you're kind of a newish user there. So how are you using it? Like in what different ways are you using Airtable? Yes, you made me an Airtable addict. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, and I am. I'm still a total newbie, still kind of figuring out how it's going to work best for me. But something right off of the bat, the only thing that I feel like I have, I can even talk to it because everything else, I'm just such a beginner and I couldn't even talk about it really. But I am using it to manage my brand partnerships. And so I know a lot of us kind of going into Q2 and throughout the rest of the year, we'll be pitching more brands or fielding more incoming sponsorship requests. And so something to just make my life easier is I've been using Airtable to track brands, brand, like the brands that I am pitching, the brands that I've already worked with. And so when I say that, I mean, I'm having the brand name, the brand contact, their email. And then something else that I really love about Airtable is the status. I don't know if that is what it's called in the drop box or like the drop down box, um, but you can add different what's the word I'm looking for? Like you can add different tags is kind of what in my mind, what I'm calling it. And so I will put the status is maybe worked with or need to follow up or 
send pitch or secured the partnership or pass or something like that. So that just helps me know. And I, they can be color coded, which is really nice. So I can know like, okay, I sent this pitch. It needs to be followed up with in a week. And so then it'll say needs to follow up um, just to kind of keep that, I guess, more visually um, popping out at you rather than just plain black text or whatever. So that's something that has really been great. And then also I'll add a column for notes. And so that might include the pitch ideas I have for them or how much I got paid last time. That way, when I'm negotiating in the future, I know that and it's right there. I don't have to go through my email or find the agreement to figure all of that out. So just kind of keeping quick notes right there. But the other thing too that I've been using Airtable for as it relates to these brand partnerships is tracking my payment. So I do use QuickBooks, which is fabulous, but sometimes I want just a quick overview of who the brand is, how much I've earned or secured, or I I know this is how much I will be making from the campaign. And so I'll have it detailed by campaign name, the deliverables, the date I'm posting, and then the date I'm expected to be paid, because that's important. And then I'll also put the link there for like when it does go live, that link. And that just helps too with, of course, you know, knowing when you're going to be paid or if you need to follow up with the brand. Um, But it also just helps to kind of have that snapshot right there. So you're not having to go into QuickBooks or whatever you use to manage your finances. Um, It's just all right there. And you can kind of, I don't know, keep adding to it. And as you pitch brands or compile your lists, like if you're not quite pitching yet, but you know, you want to pitch in the summer for, I don't know, like fall content or winter content, and you're starting to compile those dream brands, you can just add to that with you, you know, if you're going through different press releases or the press pages and you're finding the emails, but you're not quite ready to pitch yet, super easy just to add it into that sheet and then make the status like pitch on June 1st (laughs) or whatever it might be. So that's how I've been really using Airtable. Of course, I use it for other things too, but I feel very strong. I feel like that's my strong suit is for managing the partnerships all right there. It's like my command center of like, oh, I worked with this brand and now I think that they would be a good fit for Megan. Quick, yeah, let me just grab this contact right here because it's all right here and I can say, yeah, I worked with this brand in 2020 and they paid me this much. Here you go. Rather than like, you know, having a hassle going through all the different things, it's just right there. So I'd love your thoughts because you're the Airtable queen. Oh, I don't use it. That sounds amazing. I don't use it quite as well as you do, it sounds like. But I love that you're offering up just a different way to use it. So aside from content management, you know, because that's kind of like our main focus, I feel like when we use something like Airtable. So I love that you're offering up a different way to uh, manage brand partnerships. And you can do all of those different like what where you're at in the process of each partnership. Right. Yes. And I'd be interested. I know that you can change the view. (laughs) So I would be interested in maybe, maybe eventually I could also be tracking kind of like the campaign life cycle 
on a different view that also makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. But <gasps> I love that. Right? Idea. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh, I think I feel like we need like more than quarterly updates because I want to see how you're doing with that as the year goes on too. Oh, okay. And Clubhouse. We're on Clubhouse. So Clubhouse. <laughs> yes, this is a conversation we can bring over to Clubhouse. And if you're yeah. not on Clubhouse, you should join us every Thursday at noon Eastern. Come find us. Food Blogger Network. It's amazing. Truly. Truly so, amazing. I know. Truly amazing. It really is. Um, I want to hear, give me like one to two of your favorite takeaways. And I do have another call. So I apologize for crunching time. But just quickly, like, what were your favorite takeaways from Tastemaker Conference? Oh, my gosh. Hard question, Megan. I would say the biggest one was just seeing everybody in underneath one roof, <laughs> like everyone in the same space. Like that was just it filled my heart with joy. It was incredible. This was my first Tastemaker. It was my second food blogging conference. And there, there's just no words like that was a huge takeaway. Like you just, you can't put a price on like the value of our friendships and the connections that we're all forming. Like the people that you're talking to on Instagram every day or clubhouse every week or the podcasts hosts that you listen to every week, um, seeing them in person and getting to hug them and just truly see them is that was a huge, huge part. Um, just amazing. And then, man, the second thing, really, I think for me, it was something that we didn't even touch on. And I don't even know why this popped in my head, but I'm going to go with it. But it's really making sure everything behind the scenes of your blog is running properly and making sense. Because I kind of touched on how keyword research was pivotal for me last year. And kind of in that same vein, like, you can be doing all the great things and producing all the great content. But if your site maybe isn't optimized the best way, or like for me, I know it's very hard to navigate around my site. I need to fix that. Like I need to address those things. And so I think it, there is such a large community going back to like the community of food bloggers and we're all so willing to help. And so finding a person or a group of people who can help you like, Hey, I need to update my recipe index. How the heck do I do that? Someone's been there and someone will be willing to help you or it's already posted in one of the many Facebook threads. So that's a big takeaway for me is I need to really make sure that my site is like searchable and optimized. Um, but also you just, the community feel the community aspect was huge for me. <laughs> so that was probably one of my biggest takeaways is, not shying away from the community and you you made me feel so welcomed personally Megan Aww. so it was I amazing. was so happy to see you you were <laughs> you are such a light in this space and I'll just end with that thank you Jenna for just I don't know you just shine like this happy positive supportive attitude vibe like Aww. when you come into a room and that shines also in clubhouse where I can't see you I can just hear you so I'm just grateful for you and yeah, you just bring such great energy to this space. So thank you for being awesome. 
Oh, thank you for being awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would share some of my takeaways, but I'm actually going to record an entirely separate episode on that. And by the time this episode is published, it will have already been published. So go back and listen to episode number 288 and you can hear all of my amazing takeaways as well. So I'm excited for your takeaways. Definitely. I'm excited to record them. There's a lot of good stuff. Yes. I'm sorry to speed this up because of time today. I'm like having one of those days where I'm running behind no matter what I do. So I've got to say goodbye. I'm so sorry. But Jenna, thank you so much for all of this value and for joining me today. And I am already excited for our next chat. Me too. It's always so much fun to chat with you and share all this awesome stuff we have going on. So I'm excited to update and continue the conversation. Same. So we will put together a show notes page for you, Jenna. If you want to look at those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash the urban life two. And remember that urban is spelled E-N-U-R-B-E-N. Tell everyone where they can find you online, Jenna. Yes. Well, right there at theurbanlife.com and at the urban life across pretty much every platform, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, YouTube. I think that's all of them. (laughs) She's everywhere, people. (laughs) Yes. Be my friend. Let's talk. (laughs) Yes. No better friend to have than Jenna. So go check Jenna out. And thank you for being here again, Jenna. And thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.